going to give you a brief review of the first message done last week, which is the person of the Lord, uh, person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the least understood, least, least taught, neglected person of the Trinity, least understood person of the Trinity. And so the first message was breaking down the concept of a person into three aspects, the mind, the will, and the emotions. The key of those is the first two, mind and will. And sub-segmenting the mind are three aspects. There are multiple aspects. I chose three. Thoughts, intentional thoughts, from which are thinking and reasoning. Knowledge. Greek words, cognitive knowledge, intellectual. And then there's a personal, intimate, experiential knowledge that God is requiring us for. Not simply cognitive knowledge. And third is understanding, spiritual understanding, the will and the emotions. And demonstrated that the Holy Spirit has a mind just like the mind of Christ and mind of God. The Holy Spirit searches the depths of God, knows the thoughts of God, knows the mind of God, knows the will of God, has a will, intercedes on our behalf, in our weaknesses, and acts out is, and provides, in essence, spiritual knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, which is application of spiritual knowledge. And it imparts that to the inner being of a believer. And our response, have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So what is our fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Is me talking, communicating with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit communicates back with voices in the inner being, in a man, or with spiritual words or spiritual thoughts. So the next uh, uh, message with that as background is Holy Spirit union, the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, which causes spiritual reunion, uh, and then spiritual ministry, the action of the Holy Spirit in ministering to us in a, in a, in a being of a believer. This is a slow response time here. Battery. Okay. I want to start basically today on the Holy Spirit, John 14, John 14, John 15, John 16. And do what I do normally in teaching or preaching is exegetical breakdown of word by word. And we'll show you that working from the Greek to the English, but focusing primarily on the English. Otherwise, it gets confusing. And the first, first few slides will discuss the names of the Holy Spirit. Helper. Spirit of truth and Holy Spirit. The first, John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. The focus is helper, which is paraclete. We'll do that on the next section. But I want to do an exegetical word-by-word -word breakdown of every word here. Not to do that in all these verses. I want to use this verse. I want to explain Proverbs 
It says, oh, taste the Lord and see his goodness. Oh, taste. And what the tasting means to partake or participate in the process of tasting. That's the action of myself. And subsequent to participating, it says you will see. We'll see in the Hebrew is perceive or understanding. So you participate and then you understand. And you understand the goodness by tasting on the inner being of you. And David, Psalm 27, 4 says, I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. And this will, these verses, breaking down individually, it's going to demonstrate the personal, intimate relationship of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with us. His desire for us, his provision for us. I will ask the Father. I, watch the words, personal pronoun, first person, Jesus talking, will ask. That's the verb. Will is a conscious decision in the mind of Jesus asking. This is the will of Jesus, asking the Father. Ask is the verb, future active indicative. And this is a request. So this is a prayer request, prayer for you and me. See how personal it gets? The Father, the is actually the demonstrative, what we call a demonstrative article in the Greek. It is demonstrating, it is highlighting Father, the Father, the Spirit, the truth. It's it's emphasizing, it's not a father, my father, the father, the only true and holy father. Father, he's communicating, he's not communicating to God with the word, he's talking about father. Personal, Jesus, personal, I, father, personal. And I want you to taste that father word of father. People want to know how we pray, and I'll show you, it. for example, one Taste of the Father's goodness. He's a Father, Genesis 1.1. He's a Father of all creation. Holy Spirit was hovering over there in Colossians chapter 1. Jesus was involved in that creation. But the Father, Father of creation. Go to Genesis 2.7. And you now see a Father of the first human being. He took the dust of the earth and he breathed in it. That word breathe is rock in the, in the Hebrew. That's like pneuma. Spirit, he breathed into the nostrils, and man became a living being, a nepesh, a living soul. That's what we are, one of the components of us, living soul, physical, spiritual. And then you go, and he became the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or God. And then you go, he became the father of David and Solomon, etc. He's a father beside the God, a person interacting with David where David knows the heart of the Father. And then you come to the highlight. He's the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in that Father, John 3.16, the most quoted verse in the Bible, he loved, for God so loved the world that he sent his Son. The Father's expression to humanity was love. 
This is a father of love. If I can add in talking to Moses, a father of compassion, I will be compassionate to you. I'll be gracious to you. Father of grace, father of compassion, pity, compassion. Pity, the inward feeling in our inner being. In the Hebrew, beautiful word for compassion. It's called womb love. The, the use of the womb, loving, providing loving protection and care, blood flow, oxygen for this baby. And then he gets even better. Father of each of us who are believers, not Christians, believers. Personal involvement. This is my father. And it's not only a physical father, it's eternal father, a father forever. Can you, when you look at those words and start tasting the word as we break it down, can you understand our, my response and your response? Of one, respect, reverence, honor, exaltation, adoration. Is that our vocabulary? Is this is how we look in is inquisition or introspection rather? Is this we have to look at ourselves. This is not a criticism. We got to look at ourselves, and this is the father of love that should drive us. To obedience flowing from the love. You see, the word drives us, exhorts us, implores us to respond to the Father. And conjunction, he, he is, there's another pronoun. You're going to have five pronouns here. He, pronoun, third person. And he follows the law of antecedents. So antecedents means, refers to the last person. So the person last is Father. So it says, and the Father will give you. Give is the verb. You is a personal pronoun. And it's plural. So it's not me specifically, but it's you and you and you and each of us. So plural. That's why you've got to know these words. So he will give you conscious decision of the will of the Father. Jesus, I will ask God, I will give you. This is... The personal, intimate, experiential God who's one on that one hand asking the other is giving. Do you know how blessed we are? Just pause and say, thank you, Lord. Exalt. When he gives us something, again, inference from there, you are now a recipient of a possession. You have a possession, and not only outside, but inside, inside you. Have you ever thought of yourself having possessions? We think of possessions as cars, as homes, as a family, but it's, this is a gift in me, not outward. Another helper, another in the Greek is alos, two words, options, another of the same kind, another of a different kind. This is another of the same kind, that's a concept. Same like Jesus, same like the Father, helper, Paraclete, we'll come back to that next. That conjunction, he, there's a fourth pronoun. He is now referring to helper. The helper may be with you forever. If you look at the Greek, be, in the Greek, that word means existence. He's going to be existing. And then with, with is a fellowship word. With means fellowship. And then forever, forever is the adverb of time. Is from now to eternity. Can you 
I'm breaking, I'm only using this verse. This is how once I study and break down each word. But can you see that depth? Can you taste of this goodness of the Lord? Can you taste of the beauty of this word of God? I have one difficulty teaching here because I got a, like I said, I got this space to be enclosed and I can't go there. I can't go there. So that's it. I'm not used to that. But anyway, I can go up and down, but they won't track me down. There's the helper, paraclete, another beautiful word, advocate or counselor, like the word advocate. This is an advocate. The word advocate is a legal word indicating the legal defense. And it's always advocating on one's behalf, on your behalf and your behalf. Personal involvement and advocation on legal. And he's, remember... This is the advocate, the Holy Spirit, because we've got a spiritual battle here going on. The evil one attacking us. This is our legal defense. And also, it's an advocate making intercession to the Father on our behalf. Here's this personal God acting on my behalf and your behalf just as believers. What's our heart look like? What's our mind look like? 1 John 2.1, it says, if anyone sins, we have an advocate, paraclete, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the world. There's the advocate, Jesus making intercession on behalf of God, to God on behalf of us, because of our sins. And the blood of Jesus is sufficient to cover our sins. So, advocate Jesus, advocate Holy Spirit, harmony. See the overlap? Father, Son, a Son and a Holy Spirit. Again, person of Jesus, person similar. Important to understand the Holy Spirit is the spiritual influence and operation to compensate for the departure of Christ. Christ came in physical form. He's gone. His spirit lives in us. But Jesus said, I will send you another helper. And so the helper is actually the key person manifesting power, transform, inward transformation and outward power as well. Next name of the Holy Spirit, spirit of truth. Of is genitive truth. So truth belongs to the spirit. Jesus, uh, Holy Spirit is the possessor of truth. And he's, if he possesses, he lives in us. He's also the revealer of truth to us. And the opposite of truth is lies. So we're either in truth or in lies. So we've got to realize the Holy Spirit indwells us. And we are speaking lies or untruths. The Holy Spirit can see what's going on. So we, the Holy Spirit gets grieved. I talked about that last week. The emotion of grief is sin and suppresses the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.20, that region, uh, quenches the uh, Holy Spirit. Jesus 14.6, 
10 verses earlier, Jesus talking, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father but through me. I am, there's the I, person, pros, and I am. Out of interest, just digressing. There are seven I am's with predicates, Jesus stated. I am predicate means the second part of it. And there's seven, at least seven I am's without a predicate. So I assume most of you know about the seven I am's because we're talking about God the Father. And if you don't, then you need to start studying. We call to the Bible not simply to read the Bible. As we grow in grace and knowledge, we're not going to simply read this. We're going to study it and break down this word. And we're going to meditate on it. Because then the Holy Spirit can start talking to us of truth, way of truth. So Jesus, the essence of Jesus is truth, identical to Holy Spirit. John 1.14, Jesus talked, uh, John talking, he talked about 1.1, the word of God. But in 1.14, he says, the word of God became flesh and dwelt amongst us, so tabernacled us in the, in the Hebrew, if you're looking at that word, full of grace and truth, the fullness of truth, the fullness of God's truth in Jesus. And that's now Jesus gone, and the Holy Spirit is now being able to be the communicator, revealer, knowledge of truth. Jesus, 424, Jesus is talking. He worships me, worships in spirit and truth. Inward worship from spirit, truth. So if we don't have truth in us, and we're not walking in truth, our worship is not necessarily going to be valid. It's a question of our worship. So we just worship now. What's our, what's, what's our inward being and inward character? Again, this is not a criticism. This is an introspection, looking into ourselves, into the inner depths of ourselves to see what's in us, how we are aligned with the word of God. Are we in line? And that's for each one individually to think about. I'm older than most of you, so I'm more in problems because if I've had this long depth in the Lord, I should be the best. Not the best, but I, I should be on a much more mature level. So a, a young believer is going to have a certain level. A different believer at a different age and, and, and depth will have a different. So this is what God is calling us. He's not calling us to sinless perfection. Only Jesus did that. He's calling us to maturity. That's the key word we've got to understand in our life. No one is with, there's no one here sinless perfection, including myself. Only Jesus meets that criteria. So we see the whole essence, Father truth, God truth, Jesus truth, Holy Spirit truth. I'm going to work now, break from the third name. Presence and spiritual union. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but disjunction in the Greek. You, you, personal pronouns, all of us, know him. And watch the word. Because he abides with, there's the fellowship, you and in you. Be in you. Look at the use. 
personal pronouns. That's why you've got to understand every word is talking to everyone here. The beauty. Three words I want to focus on. Bides in the Greek, you're going to see that in John 15, is meno, union, union, union. Abide in my love. Abide in my commandments. Abide in my vine. Eight times used in John 15. Eight in union. God is in union with us, but he's asking us. Our response from a practical application is abide in me. Because if you're not in walking with the Lord, you, I'm walking in strength, my own strength. And then he says that he may be with you forever. There's the time of eternity, adverb of time. You know, I always hear many prayers where it says, God is with me. He'll never leave me, forsake me. That's correct. For Joshua 1, 9, etc. Be strong and encouraged. Don't be discouraged. But I don't hear many people praying of the Holy Spirit being in me, in spiritual union with me, and for eternal. There's a problem with that from my perspective, looking at myself. Because wherever I'm, if I'm walking down paths and those paths are unrighteous, I am, the Holy Spirit is there with me in those paths of unrighteousness. Can you see my problem and our problem? We have truth in us. We have union of the Holy Spirit in us. But you know what, God? No condemnation of those in Christ, number one. Number two, we have imputed righteousness of God. So the devil can't come and convict us or challenge us. What we need to do is because of our position in Christ, We need to humble ourselves, submit, surrender, repent. And those words are not typical Christian words. You don't hear that in Christian circles. See the close union and provision? Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. He's he's, he's living in me. Okay. Third name of Holy Spirit, holiness. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, we've done that. That's the first time the Holy Spirit is revealed here. Whom the Father will send in my name. I just want to do the first thing because we'll do the next. Holiness. You know, I wanted to tell Jaron in the week to just sing one song. Song of holiness. And I looked there. This is the beauty of the revelation of Jesus Christ and God. He sings a song of holy, holy, holy. That is my heart's desire. One song only. I leave it totally to them. And here, look at that. Look at that. I come here. How can I explain that? That's not human wisdom. That's God working in his mind unknowingly. And here I'm crying. I said, no, I'm not going to talk to him. I'm not going to. I wanted to. I want to text him. I said, no. (laughs) So that is better affirmation of God's presence in this message and this this worship service. Holy Spirit. I preach a lot and teach a lot. And I'm preaching every week to 25 of our churches in India. We started them. 
about 10 years ago, we have almost three, four, many thousand people now, all starting, but three of us. I teach every week. And so I'm asking, talking to pastors, I, I share with pastors here, some of my friends who want me to share with them exegetically. And I've hardly heard anyone understand the name of the Holy Spirit. Let me explain that from the point of holiness. Holiness. The early church actually, when they looked at the Holy Spirit, thought about it, thought of holiness. Is anyone holiness? Just out of interest, the most considered, the most important aspect of the essence or nature of God is holiness. Even higher than love. Because remember what love was. Jesus sent forth, God was sent forth his son. Love the world. It's an expression of love by God, which is an action. It's not an emotion. was because of sin of man. (coughs) But the holiness is possibly the most important characteristic. Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought about that? And you're carrying this holiness in me. So when I'm sin or do wrong, is there conviction with me and bring me immediately, not to condemnation, but to repentance and confession and brokenness and sorrow? Confession, repentance requires, the key point of question needs brokenness, godly sorrow. Because otherwise we do the same thing again. How often, 1 John 1.9, it's easy to say that verse, and then we close the verse and we're happy, we confessed. But where is the brokenness inside? Where is the godly sorrow for what, what I did when I sinned? It's, this is not a condemnation. This is an encouragement that if we can see what God's word says, we can understand his depth and we can then respond from our inner being. 1 Peter 1, 15, 16, God, just, God is holy. He wants us holy in all our behavior. Be holy, for I am holy. Be means exist, holiness. Revelation 3, 7, that's a verse that I've hardly heard people use, but talking to the church at Philadelphia, It says, talking about Jesus, the holy and true one. Jesus, holy and true one. God the Father, holy, Holy Spirit. Three aspects. So we've seen helper. So what are we learning from the Holy Spirit? We're learning from the name of the Holy Spirit. The person, but also the attributes or the nature of God. And we've got to understand holiness. We've got to understand truthfulness. Teacher. This is now getting also into ministry, spiritual ministry. But the help of the Holy Spirit who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, talking to disciples but applicable to us, and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. He will teach you all things. 
talos in the Greek. Not one thing, talking to the disciples. And I'll finish the second part. Bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Jesus was present for three years. And he spoke. And he did so in parables and direct conversation. If I ask any one of us, what did you do a month ago? You're going to be confused. And so will I. I have no idea on a specific date. So their remembrance was obviously going to be limited because they didn't have full manifestation of the Holy Spirit there. But when he comes, he will bring to remembrance every word I said to you and give you spiritual understanding. That's the that's work of the Holy Spirit, spiritual understanding. You recognize the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is gone. His Spirit lives in us, yes, but he's given the operation and now of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is continuing the ministry. That's why I use the word ministry of Jesus. You know, look at myself. What does our inward being look at? Introspection. You're going to keep on getting this introspection because that's what I do to myself. Because that's the only way we have to respond. The word makes us accountable. We just can't read it and say, okay, we've done our words. What's our introspection? Are we under the teaching of the Holy Spirit? Or we have any understanding? Or how am I taught? And the Holy Spirit needs the word. The word is the sword of the Spirit. So how familiar am I with the word of God? And the Holy Spirit is able to transmit spiritual words, spiritual thoughts, spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding from the depths of God. So am I making myself available, watch the word, to be taught by the Holy Spirit? Or put another way, do I have a teachable spirit? Now we all look at ourselves and we all fall short. There's no perfect person, only Jesus. So it's not a condemnation, it's not a criticism, but it's, as Paul in Romans 1 says, I exhort you. doesn't command. I exhort you. I implore you. I beg you. Look at those words. <sighs> Makes me pause. So, he gives, Holy Spirit gives us understanding of the Word of God. And in essence, Holy Spirit allows us to live out the person of God, Christ, the character of Christ, and the conduct of Christ. You want to be Christ-like? Or am I Christ-like? What's my character? And it's not you looking at me first. My mind, as I said last week in 1 Corinthians, knows my thoughts and knows my inward being. I don't need you to tell me. I know those dark crevices in my heart. I know those recesses of impurity or whatever's in my heart. There's only three sins, pretty easy. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. And I've been through all three. So everyone's been through all three. Excuse me, I drink water about two gallons a day or three liters a day, so I'm, I get thirsty because of the passion and the energy I'm putting out. So be, believer has to be in humble submission. To be taught, 
we'll get to that. There's three, I think, two young little girls there. I, I may be in trouble calling them little, but they're not 20 and 30. But they're under the teaching and training of their father and mother. Who am I accountable to? Can you understand? In many years, I wasn't accountable. I was a Christian, a so-called Christian, but I wasn't accountable. I'm a, I need to be accountable. And you know, since I'm old, I'm explain that. I don't have a father. I don't have many cousins. So who am I accountable to? You see, I can then do what I please. So my accountability is to God the Father. And the Holy Spirit is put in my heart. I'm accountable to Jesus. I'm accountable to the Holy Spirit. He's making me look at myself. Yes, it's important to have a personal relationship with people and have uh, you know, personal partners. But when you have personal partners, are you telling that personal partner as a friend every thought and intention of those thoughts? I would say no. So this is the inner place. That's why I went through the mind, the will, and the emotions. The beauty of teaching. 1 Corinthians 2.13, Paul's writing. He says, Paul was taught by the Holy Spirit, spiritual words and spiritual thoughts. Holy Spirit gave Paul spiritual understanding. So if Paul can be taught by the Holy Spirit, who am I and you? Yeah, we're children of God, just like Paul. But look at the height of Paul, writing. See, it's accountability. And Jesus, five, chapter 5, verse 1 to 12, this is a sermon on Mount. Considered to be the greatest sermon by Jesus, the Beatitudes. My question to start off as, how would I say, inquisition of, I like to, at times I like to, Put a little needle in there. How many of us as believers know the Sermon of the Mount, the words? Because if that's the greatest, considered the greatest sermon of, of, of Jesus, the Beatitudes, and it starts with blessed or happy, how many of the, how many of us know those words? I just do a few. All those are in my has to be in my brain. Blessed are the poor in spirit. means, first one, blessed are those who recognize the spiritual poverty. That's what I mean. So there's the kingdom of... Watch the word. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are the hung, hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'm not filling the second part. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Can you recognize what all of those words are? Those are not outward. Jesus is with the Beatitudes taking the law and now makes it inward, which is tough, tough, tough. I can't match the inward problem. Humble, that's inward. Meek, inward. Recognize my spiritual poverty, inward. Pure in heart, inward. Jesus said, blessed. So with all those words now in my thoughts and memorized, I'm giving my conscience. When, when I am looking at a decision, I can't talk on conscience. That's a whole big other program. I just don't have time for it. Well, just briefly, the conscience is, is where you can look at it. One component is possibly a judge. is going to be either saying to me, 
conscious under the influence of the Holy Spirit, saying to me, right, wrong, good or evil. So the conscious has to know the word of God. There has to be that knowledge of the word of God. So when I'm looking at humbleness and it's in my brain, you know, when I'm being arrogant, that's, I'm under conviction. The Holy Spirit says, that is arrogant. I've been there lots of times. That's been one of my favorite words people have said to me at times. I used to be MD, PhD, known around the world in heart research, taught, around, taught at an international level. The problem is that all human wisdom and tremendous human intellect and blessing God gave me. But that didn't make me, I didn't come to Christ through human wisdom or human understanding. I couldn't even understand the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important in my life. Because you can't define the Holy Spirit. You cannot. It's spirit. I can understand Father. I can understand Jesus. You can't define the Holy Spirit. That's why it's considered to be the mysterious person. That's why people don't talk about But you're not talking about the most important thing living in you that Jesus said is going to continue in my ministry? 11.1, last one there. Jesus instructed, it says, Jesus instructed his disciples, taught his disciples on the previous slide, and then he went about teaching. Am I in the, uh, disciples were under instruction and teaching. And this teaching in the master. Bears witness. This is another ministry of the Holy Spirit. When the helper comes, okay, there's a word we know. You should know now. Whom I will send to you from the Father. Okay, hold there. John 14, 16, Jesus is saying, I will ask the Father and he will give you the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26, when he talked about teacher, Father will send the Holy Spirit in my name. Now, in 1526, it says, I will send the Holy Spirit in, from the Father. It's not a conflict there, but it's the interposition or interchangeability. In essence, what those words are saying, the Holy Spirit is sent out from the Father, but through the name of God the Father and through Jesus Christ. Both are involved in that process of enabling the Holy Spirit to go to us. He will bear witness about me. Key. He will bear witness about one word, personal preposition. Me. That is personal pronoun. Me. That's Jesus speaking. So the whole focus of the Holy Spirit is going to be bearing witness about Jesus Christ. No one else. Can you imagine the power of that? And you will bear witness also because you're being from the beginning. talking to the disciples. You also. But there's a dual witnessing. Not me only when I share the word. It's a dual witness. This slide mover is, I think, old. Maybe because, like me, because it's slow in motion. <laughs> when I press one, it doesn't respond. I got to press three times. It's the one option you could say, you know what, Francis Van Royne, your hand, you're slow in your hand. You know, you can't even move the 
press the button. I got to lighten up. Hopefully what you realize, this is, I teach in depth. This is all in depth. I don't make any excuse for it. Or, but I, therefore, like I told you last week, if you're going to get understanding and you're going to know, you're going to have to listen to this message two or three times and you write notes. Otherwise, it's like good food. Like I told you, you have good food two weeks ago. And then what did you have two weeks ago on a Wednesday night? You don't know. Neither do I. So the word is not like good food. The message is not like good food, especially the depth I'm working on. I don't teach by giving you a whole lot of stories. This story is excellent way of presentation. I don't say a lot. I just take the word, break it down, and put it out. So the beauty of that, that's the skill I, that's what I went to, learned when in Bible college, is you allowing the word, it's called exegetical, to go forth. So I'm not, I just have to analyze and get in alignment with the word, which is a lot of work. So it's the word going forth and the Holy Spirit will empower, bring power, combination of both. Holy Spirit continues the ministry of Jesus. He tells about the death. He tells about the resurrection. He tells about the ascension. He tells about the exaltation. He tells about Jesus as the great judge. He talks about the life. Everything of Jesus brings. He gives understanding to the heart of a, 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 a sinner to understand. So when you talk about a sinner coming to Christ like all we are, whoever's been a sinner, now a true believer, number one, God draws. That's God's work. Two, draws to Jesus. So the message we're talking about is talking about Jesus. And three, the Holy Spirit brings about understanding or illumination in the heart to understand I am sinner. And then recognize Jesus as Savior. And then come in repentance and say, God, forgive me with sorrow if necessary. I accept you. There's the acceptance. There's the acceptance. There's the will of man. Accepting and believing that's faith. And then Ephesians says, faith is and that is the gift of God. So there's the faith. But it's Father drawing, Jesus focus, Holy Spirit illuminating, giving understanding. When I share the gospel, it has to be on Christ to a person. And if someone rejects me, I shouldn't feel, I don't feel bad about it. You know why? Because it's, I do not have any power. When people are offended or upset, that person says, no. Hey, this is the Holy Spirit's work. This is God's drawing. I'm just the human vessel. I got to understand that. So I have to keep on sharing and sharing and sharing. And if people don't want to listen, pray for them. That's my work. That's the work of God. That's witness. So, 16.7, tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He's on earth. He hasn't gone away. So the Holy Spirit hasn't come. Two, three, ah, four. 
fourth time. It's like me. I suddenly realized, you know why this is like me? Because my wife will say something to me and I don't listen. You know, I got phenomenal brain. I just don't hear a, t- a lot of times what my wife says to me. And then I do the same thing back to her. See, that's, that's called skill. <laughs> the only thing I learned, I am wrong. End of story. And two, when I'm wrong, don't go in the room and sulk. Because if you go in the room and want to be quiet, you know what the Spirit will say to you? What am I doing as a mature man, sitting in the room all myself, feeling sorry for myself? Go back, say, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. It convicts me. So crucifixion was needed before the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. And atonement for sin was needed before the Holy Spirit could come. So the Holy Spirit only came on Pentecost, which is basically when the full manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a reference, John 37, 38, 39. I'm not doing it because of time. Okay. Uh, Let's see how we're doing for time. I'm going to be very brief there because I want to get to the last, next one. I'd like to do this in more expense, but the Holy Spirit convicts the world. Here is prosecutor. For a believer, he's an advocate or helper. He's a legal defense. But for the world who do not know Jesus, he's, he's the prosecutor. He convicts the world. The devil will come and say, look what you've done. You can't be a believer. Mm-mm. Believe is sin. So we can counter the devil by saying, I'm a child of God. I have imputed righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, Romans 5.1. I'm set aside. The blood of Jesus Christ covers me. Convicts the world of three things, sin, righteousness, and judgment. Okay. Conning sin there's only, that's not sins, sin, one. And there's only one sin for the world is unbelief in Jesus Christ. Do not believe in the one who was revelation of God in the flesh, the righteousness of God. That's the sin. Secondly, because I go, and concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you longer see me. See, Jesus was the righteousness of God. So the world looked at Jesus, did not accept him as righteousness, and so they rejected him. So he goes, it says he goes back to, to the Father because that's the ascension. That's the confirmation of who he was, the resurrection. The world's righteousness is self-righteousness. Pride works. That's what the world is, righteousness. And concerning judgment, because the Rule of the world is judged. That's Satan. We're coming to the last two aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Guides you into all truth. But when he, personal pronoun, you've seen that over and over, the spirit of truth, you've seen that, comes, which will be at Pentecost. He will guide you into all the truth. 
So the guidance, who is all the truth? Jesus. I am the way, the truth. So truth is really not what we or anyone says. Truth is the person. Truth is a person. Person of Jesus. Person of God. Person of the Holy Spirit. Because what is truth? Each one's got their own opinion of truth. You see it in the country. I'm not going there, but you see what truth is. There's only one truth. Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate asked him. He talked about truth. Pontius Pilate said, what is truth? Pontius Pilate could not see that he was standing and looking at the truth. Only truth, Jesus Christ. So he guides. So the next question I have for myself and each of you, inquisition. Or rather, introspection. Do I have a guide? Guide provides direction. Guide does not tell you where to go or what to do. It's not an order. It gives you a guide. I think our brother was talking about guide and having the GPS, well, we're going to talk not in GPS, but the conscience is a model guide. The conscience, and we can talk about that another day, but the conscience is the moral faculty. The conscience is the moral compass. And the compass is directed Godward. Compass is directed to Christ. And the Holy Spirit is directed, all the actions is directed to Christ. Watch what it says. So, do you recognize our conscience? Scripture says the conscience excuses us or accuses us. Hebrews 9 and 10, I won't go that in detail, but the blood of Jesus through the eternal spirit, cleansed our hearts from a dead conscience to serve a living God. Hebrews 10. We come in full assurance with faith to God. Having our evil conscience sprinkled clean. Well, humans have an evil conscience. He will guide you. That's why we need a guide. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. What's that mean? The Holy Spirit is not going to bring a new dispensation. He's not going to give, bring a new revelation. He's not going to give a different scripture from what Jesus has. You understand the difference? He's going to, what he hears, he will disclose and he's hearing and he's bringing to understanding Christ and everything about Christ. His focus is Christ. And if he's this guide in me, then we have the ability to focus and have that moral compass looking straight at Jesus. That's why in Hebrews 12, fix your eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of Christ. Command, fix your eyes. Do we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of it? 
sometimes. As we grow mature, it's going to be more and more. So we have different levels. When you're talking to a general group of people, believers, all the diff- we've got to realize all the different levels. Hopefully by explaining the word and bringing the word to understanding, you can see what you can attain to and what is the goal. And be exalted. That's my job. Okay. Oh, first shot. He, Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. We're getting better. My finger's working faster. <laughs> he will glorify me. The primary purpose, I did, um, if, you, if, you, if any of you has not heard that, in December, I shared a message on the glory of God. The primary purpose of Jesus, primary purpose is to glorify Jesus, uh, glorify God, the Father. And he did so on the cross. The cross, which is extremely difficult to comprehend, represents the glory of God. And on that cross, Jesus glorified the Father. Jesus came to glorify the Father. Holy Spirit came now living in us to glorify Jesus. The whole focus of the Holy Spirit is glorify Jesus. So we have within ourselves the person of the Holy Spirit to enable us. This takes of mine, takes of what Jesus is, and disclose it to you. Whatever is of Jesus is of the Father. So we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to end here. It's probably at about an hour. All scripture is inspired, not some scripture, all. And uh, Peter describes that process of inspiration. That's the Holy Spirit's work. That's the, we'll do that next week. Next week we're going to do the spiritual power, which is talking about spiritual inspiration, illumination, regeneration, being born again, indwelling, all those. That's spiritual power I've labeled that. So the Holy, God revealed the word. The Holy Spirit took that word and gave that word into the minds of the Bible writers. Those were the words of God and the thoughts of God, and they penned those words into Scripture. It's not, scripture is not human wisdom or just the human thoughts of, of, of Bible writers. No. And watch I think most people, most believers know that verse. All scripture is fired of God. Many you don't. But I don't personally hear the next part. We have what we call selective memory loss. Now, as I'm getting old, one of the beauties of getting old is you forget. And one of, just out of interest, when you're getting old, you better start doing crossword puzzles. You better do memorization. You're not old enough, brother. Now, he may be old. He's got a bald head already. No hair. So, I don't know. I can have fun with him. He's my friend. I love Jared. Genuine. So, look at what it says. Profitable. Of profit. Value. Four words. Teaching. Reproof. Correction. And training. Look at the... So that, in the Greek, that's explanation. This is the last verse or so. That the man of God, if we say we are man of God, may be adequate equipped for every good work. That doesn't sound 
Look at the word, teaching. What I'm doing here is teaching. Reproof, that's not a positive word, that's a negative word. We're under reproof. For correction, that's a wonderful word. Linked to correction is called discipline. Ooh, discipline. And then training, padia in the Greek, child training, which is under instruction, under teaching, under cor correction. That's what I need every day. That's what a believer, that's what happens as we want to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. It has to be word and spirit working because the spirit in us has, gives us the power to do that. Spirit is only one that transforms the inward being. You want to be a man of God or a lady of God. Man is anthropos in the Old Testament, so it requires to male and female. But basically, are we? We want to be children of God. We want to be equipped for every good work. We've got to undergo on a training process. The, 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 I'll give you one more chapter, Hebrews 12, 5 to 11. I won't go through this verse because of time. Whom talking, talking to the son, whom the father, the father loves the son, disciplines the son, reproves the son. That's the love. If the father loves you, he'll discipline you. I understand that because in child, I was disciplined multiple times. So that was the time when the rod was allowed and I'm still thankful for the rod was allowed on me. Thankfulness. So from 12.5 to 12.11, God, the Bible writing, nine times the word discipline is used. I don't think many people know that. I would hazard a guess that virtually no one will know that. Nine times in six verses, discipline. And the end of that, that verse on Hebrews 12, 11, go read it, will result in the fruit of peace, of peaceful righteousness. The fruit of peaceful righteousness. We want to be righteous like Jesus? Child training, even at my age. So children are better because they under they're still young, but when you doesn't there's no age for child training in God's word because He wants to purify us, He wants to sanctify us, He wants to grow us in in grace, He wants to grow us in knowledge. He wants us make us equipped because we are now children of God, and the final reason is because one day we're going to be having glorified bodies, big in the presence of God. That's our driving force, the future. In heaven, worshipping at the feet of Christ, seeing our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for your word. There's no in your spirit because as we read your word and understand your word, and we see your spiritual knowledge, and your spiritual wisdom, we look at ourselves and we see how far short we fall of the glory of God, glorifying God. But we know your word. You look at us and look at us as children of righteousness. You look at us children of the living God. You made us children where we can cause you Abba, dear Father. 
So in, in that aspect, you're looking to exhort us. You're looking to implore us. And you're looking to beg us on the inside because of one word, your love for us is the driving force. As your word in John 14, 15 says, if you, Jesus talking, if you love me, you will obey me. And as we sang earlier in one of the songs, Father, teach us to be in that humble submission, surrender, repentant life, brokenness, so we can love you with all our heart and mind and display that love in obedience to you. We thank you in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. You've been listening to a broadcast from LifePoint Church in Greenville, South Carolina. If this ministry has touched your life in some way, we would love to hear from you. Just visit our website at www.lifepointsc.org for more information. Or, if you prefer to reach us by letter, you can write to us at P.O. Box 27036, Greenville, South Carolina, 29616, USA. Until next time, may God bless you as you continue to follow Him.